Welcome to FRT, the IAF podcast on the intersection of finance, regulation and technology. I'm Brad Carr, and today we're in Canary Wharf in London at Barclays headquarters, and we're going to look at the growing and increasingly critical trend of incumbent financial institutions partnering with innovative startups to deliver innovation for their customers. Joining me to discuss this topic is Ben Davey, the CEO of Barclays UK Ventures, a team that is identifying, incubating and deploying innovations for Barclays customers. Ben, thank you for joining us and welcome to FRT. Great to join you. Ben, I'd like you to introduce us to what you and the team do here at Barclays Ventures. Uh, and in terms of you know, bringing innovation from outside sources, from the likes of innovative startups, enabling those innovations to, to have the reach of getting to an extensive customer base like you have at Barclays, is that a critical part of, of Barclays' business? How, how do you see that? It is absolutely critical, and I, I think it's going to increase uh, in importance rather than decrease. So just the first part of your question. So Barclays UK Ventures... Uh, is a new business unit at Barclays. Actually, we set it up in, in April of last year. And as you say, our job is to help grow our ultimately our revenue through the identification, incubation, and scaling up of potentially transformational new business lines, and new business model. And with that mandate, and in particular solving to the medium term, so it's a sort of five-year-plus uh, five sort of mandate and business model that we have. It is, of course, essential that we find the right operating model and working relationships with a huge range of both fintech and indeed other uh, high-tech and high-growth companies. So the actual operating model is critical. There are obviously lots of different ways uh, you need to work through to make that an effective partnership. Uh, but in terms of the question itself, it, it is something that we have been asked uh, to experiment with on behalf mm-hmm. of Barclays. As we learn from that uh, operating model and indeed, of course, find great partners to work with, the home run is if we can then industrialize that relationship back and into the core of our business with obviously the scale that that immediately brings to our partners and hopefully the joint business opportunity. And are there a couple of particular examples you could cite in terms of some of the the ventures, the, the partners you've worked with and the innovations you've been able to deliver? Yes, I'll start, if I may, at a more systemic level, and then I'll drill and give you perhaps a specific example. So Please. one of the things that we're um, very fortunate to have within our, our ventures business is a network that's called Eagle Labs. For those that don't know, that is now 21 Eagle Labs across the UK, and their role is in the local economies that they represent to help startup companies of all sectors and all backgrounds uh, take those critical first few steps from idea, maybe one person on a laptop, up to something that genuinely looks like a, a startup business and yeah, right. potentially a growth business for the future. We have right now just under 500 high growth companies within that environment. Wow. Uh, and the teams on the ground that run these locations spend really good time with our residents. And I've been very lucky to spend uh, a lot of time with them as well. And so you can immediately see, I hope, that that is a fantastic environment for us to um, both be uh, supporting um, the residents, learning from them, and hopefully, as we do more over time, really bringing to them whatever it is that they need to help drive their business plans. And that can be early stage support, or it can be all the way through to perhaps introductions to, to customers and clients. So that's a, that's a big commitment of, of ours, and, and obviously we can go into that in, in more detail if you'd like. But more specifically then on individual uh, examples. So one, uh, and I'm going to talk about different parts of the organization, but as, as you probably know, we have a 
fintech specific network which is called Rise and within that Rise um, uh, network we then run our own Barclays Accelerator and uh, we are in partnership with a company called Flux um, who provide digital receipts and uh, we're in sort of testing and, and sort of scale testing uh, with them right now uh, and the idea there of course is that we see the advantages the huge advantages that um, the Flux team can bring to our customers and clients by offering that instant digital receipting and at the same time on our side we have uh, clearly, the, the existing customer and client base, both the, the retail customer um, who is dealing on one side of the till and then, of course, the merchants who sit on the other. And we hope and certainly uh, you're very pleased with the progress, you know, that relationship of you know, some really best in class thoughts around digital service, digital receipting, plus standing in the middle of those transactions uh, from both a merchant and a consumer perspective, we can help all sides. And uh, that's a hopefully a good example of, of how we as an organization, indeed we as an industry, can work together with some of the very best fintechs. So I think it's an interesting example and I can see the, the logic and the, the, the fit in terms of being able to integrate on both sides of the transaction uh, in that digital receiving case. But it also prompts obviously the, the challenge that, that comes with being able to integrate into different parts of the business as in that example. If I could ask you the broader question, what are some of the challenges you see when partnering with innovative startup firms? And you know, for the risk of leading the witness, if I can throw out a few you know, possible examples, one I hear a lot about is the, the cultural difference between a, a risk-conscious and regulated bank versus the culture that you might expect more in a, in a startup business. Uh, another we sometimes hear, and probably more in some regions of the world than others, is about the regulatory challenges onboarding a, a startup partner uh, as a venture. But interested in your views as to what you yeah. see as the, the principal challenges. Yeah, look, look, I think you've, you've obviously covered a number of the key ones. So if we start with the, before we even get to onboarding, there's the, the pre-onboarding experience for the fintech or high growth company. And as you'll, as you'll know, the, the starting point is actually helping these companies navigate the big organization. So if you like, onboarding is at least a, a milestone that, that is obviously you know, a significant success yes. having got that far. You know, and having spent a lot of time, you know, even before taking on this new role, helping and working with uh, these types of companies, just knowing how complex it is to find the right stakeholder or indeed very often finding in practice that there's five or six stakeholders and working out, therefore, who you should be speaking to and have you got the right message landed and are you actually... A couple of days away from a signature or in practice are you simply one of those stakeholders down and another five to go that that is incredibly difficult and it's not only an industry feature um, i think it's actually all big corporates suffer the same and, and it's a, that's a big problem so obviously finding the mechanism where you have a key stakeholder on day one who can navigate the big organization for you is sort of certainly one of the central mm. learning points that uh, that we've picked up the second aspect is then really being diligent again i'm talking about ourselves for a minute really being diligent on understanding the proposition and then being intelligent on where to start in right. our organization. Yes. The temptation is you find a great company, great management team, and there are four or five good ideas as to where you could place them. But actually, they don't have the time. You know, they certainly don't have the management time. You know, that's their most critical asset. And uh, they need to know that their early resources are directed to hopefully the most successful prospects for them. And so actually being diligent in filtering down to here's a starting point, place, here's your key uh, stakeholder. Yep. This is what they're looking for. Can you deliver is, is sort of obviously the next step. And the third bit is actually just doing good early diligence. Again, speaking for a minute from, from the Barclays or, or the big corporate perspective, early diligence. So again, there's no mismanagement of expectation. You know, if, to your point, you have a whole ton of security-related procedures, which are entirely appropriate for mm. big organizations and particularly banks, you know, 
A, you need to know that the red lines have been met in terms of thresholds and quality, but do it in a way where the process is absorbable. And I, I know there are some horror stories of 200-page you know, type documents being sent back to a fintech or a high-tech company. And you know, probably, to be honest, only maybe it's 20, 30% of those questions are truly relevant for yes. even the experiment, let alone sort of anything more than that, but that you're going to be running. And so, again, one of the things we have done, which is interesting, is we went after that as part of Ventures. And we have, we think, distilled down really quite a long rule book across all the types of considerations. We've distilled it down to identify and understand what the red flags truly are and where those lines, the red lines, I should really say, sit. And we're never going to go beyond those. But then to say, right, in that context, what's the rule book? What are the target outcomes? Let's have a very crisp conversation with the company we're trying to work with and, and try and shorten that process. And I guess there's also perhaps a piece in that of, of some of the education necessary internally within the bank as well, that you know, I guess a lot of the people from a legal or a risk compliance or other capacities are being confronted with technologies that they're not as familiar with. Uh, is it an active part for you of, of doing a lot of that internal education and upskilling as well? Yeah, look, I, I'm, what I'm about to say definitely applies to Barclays. I, I suspect it applies to a number of other banks now. There is no, the good news is there is, A, no shortage of people, I think, within these large organisations, certainly at Barclays, who are deeply interested now in the technology, the themes, the ways of working. So you're not having to culturally convince people that this is something that we should be doing or, or that the partners that we found are, are great partners to be working with. We are, I would say, on the journey, not quite uh, finished mm -hmm. yet, but making good progress on then turning that into, okay, so let's really make the, the process simple. Let you ask, you tell us what you need to know, and we will help bridge that knowledge gap. And we do do a lot of that. And uh, also just helping uh, the fintech understand what the level of education is likely to be required. And we yes. do, we do yeah. spend a bit of prep time now saying, you know, taking a look at the pitch materials and, and just sort of saying, look, okay, here are some thoughts, here are the questions you'd like to be asked. And, and actually a little bit of time spent there makes uh, a huge difference to your point in terms of then bringing key stakeholders up to speed. I think we see in the IEF in terms of our engagement with, with regulators, we see a lot of the, a similar sort of dynamic. The point you made about the great enthusiasm that people have in wanting to, to get across some of these new technologies. I think each of the, the dialogues we've had with officials on the work we've done on machine learning and on cloud, for instance, uh, anxious to learn more is the best way I would characterise the, the regulatory reaction we find. Yeah. If I can elaborate further on cloud, and, and I know Barclays has made a lot of progress with cloud. Jez Daly has referred to, to how critically important this is for the bank's capacity to innovate. And I know the UK banks generally have had extensive, but also very productive liaison with the PRA as banks and officials alike get comfortable with that technology. How important is cloud, uh, having a cloud platform within the bank when it comes to then integrating and deploying solutions that have been developed by startups that are generally cloud native in their own nature? It's obviously very important. And therefore getting the, the architecture, getting the partners, and then getting the policies and the guidelines in place that allow you to then appropriately <laughs> utilize the cloud are critical. But if you take a step back, you know, clearly the an appropriate sort of cloud strategy, if, if then well executed, should allow you to ingest data at true scale, analyze at genuine pace, and then uh, critically spin up and spin down uh, the resource required around those requirements, such that you're ultimately managing your cost base very efficiently. Clearly, it's implicit in that statement that as part of that transition, you do ultimately start to take out some of your on-prem capability, but obviously there's a resilience mm. aspect that you must always retain. But then on the other side of the ledger, you, you, know, you look at you know, some of the, the fantastic companies that are now out there and the ideas that they're developing and the skills, uh, skill sets and analytics uh, in particular capabilities that they're able to deploy. You, you just, you can only do that. 
in a, in a cloud environment, or you don't yes. want to do it in a cloud yeah. environment. And so there is an element to your point of just being ready to partner that is absolutely driven and dependent upon your own cloud capability. Well, thank you, Ben. If I can briefly highlight a couple of your key points. Uh, firstly, you know, the, the fact I think you've emphasised that this kind of activity is only continuing to increase in importance. And I like the point about being able to grow revenue for the bank whilst keeping pace with customer expectations. The example of the Eagle Labs is a fascinating one and, and great that you've grown already to the point of having 21 of those across the UK. I think that would seem like a, a great way to help connect the bank to innovative businesses within UK communities. And I think probably creating a pathway forward for those startups that might not otherwise exist. I like the emphasis on pre-onboarding and helping startups to, to navigate the institution, the, the emphasis you put on identifying the stakeholders, being intelligent on where to start in the company, but also linking, I guess, from that, the success story I think you've described of being able to distill what is otherwise a, a very lengthy rule book. And I think that's a really important point of, of how we modernise ourselves as institutions to be able to come to grips with the new economy and the great new ideas that others are, are bringing to it. Looking ahead on FRT, we'll be talking machine learning and credit risk and consumer behaviour with Bill Kahn, who provided a lot of the intellectual impetus in our IIF study last year and who's terrific at interpreting the very con complex concepts for the rest of us. And we'll also capture the key highlights from the IIF Digital Currencies Roundtable in Washington during the week of the IMF and World Bank Spring Meetings. Please tune in again for those upcoming episodes via the IIF website or on SoundCloud. I'm Brad Carr and thanks for joining us on FRT.